Hi, my name is Jeff Bisdy, and I am the host of the I Am a Mainframer podcast from the Open Mainframe Project. The Open Mainframe Project is a Linux Foundation collaborative project that was put in place to promote the open source and Linux adoption on top of the mainframe platform. And I'm joined today by Rose Saykatch, a project man- product manager at Broadcom. And, and just looking through your bio here, I, I see you've, you've kind of touched a little bit of everything, application development, uh, operator, sysprog, product administration, consulting services. Um, so first, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I want to hear a little bit about um, you know, what you're doing at Broadcom today. Hey, Jeff. Um, sure. Um, hey, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm a product manager at Broadcom. I support mainframe DevOps and, and app dev products. Uh, and, you know, I have to say that, you know, my mainframe journey started decades ago in the early 80s. Um, and I was bitten by the developer bug in college. Um, and, you know, the journey continues as my experience and expertise in the platform has enabled me to achieve professional and personal goals that I never thought possible. And, and you know, that kind of relates to what I do today. I never ever thought I'd play a role in setting vision and strategy for many of the products I used as a developer way back mm-hmm. then. Uh, you know, product management for me is, it's, it's a dream, you know, for someone like me who has a passion to help solve customer problems with technology. That's what we do. And, and there's so much involved in it. Uh, there's technical, there's operational, there's you know, fundamental business knowledge that you need to know. And, and there's a whole side of it that involves relationships and relationship skills that are- And you, you, you've seen it from, uh, from all the angles, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, I, I've had the good fortune to, to absolutely see it from all angles. So being a developer is, is what got you into IT in general, and, and is that what brought you specifically to the mainframe or what just kind of introduced you to, to IT? Yeah, actually, um, you know, all things. Um, you know, I, I was, I can give you a little bit of history on, on how I got into yeah, it. Yeah, please. It's okay, yeah. So um, I, I'm blessed to be the first person in my fam- family to attend college. And um, I struggled a bit when it came time to decide on a major. So, you know, mm-hmm. guiding principle at the time was to determine, you know, what, 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 what could I study that would be in really high demand? Um, because I really needed to increase my probability to get a job when I graduated. Um, oh, yeah. I had, a, I had a school loan I had to pay for. But for me, you know, in the mid 80s, the IT industry was really taking off. And most all of the companies out there were looking to build up their internal staff of programmers. Everybody had an IT staff at the time. Um, and you know that com- uh, paired with the, the fact that I knew that there was um, you know, a, a need for developers, um, it helped me make my decision to add computer science to my, to my studies. Um, unfortunately, at the time, computer science wasn't even a major. So I had to minor in computer science. I majored in math. Um, but by the time I graduated, I actually, um, I had double majored. Uh, I graduated with a double major because by the time I graduated, computer science was in fact um, offered as a major at school. Um, but I was going to say, uh, that's one of the, uh, some of the people that, that I work with here uh, at IBM in Poughkeepsie, um, 
the time when they got into the industry, there was no CS degree. So a lot of them have interesting backgrounds in things like uh, psychology and mathematics. And I, I think that kind of uh, breadth of experience and passions coming into it really gives us like a, a varied landscape of people. Yeah, absolutely. That was not uncommon uh, for, for me as well. Um, I, I sat beside folks who majored in, um, you know, as you said, things like psychology, um, uh, chemistry, <laughs> that wasn't common at all. The, the field was really booming at the time. And there were a lot of people that were trying to make the transition to a career that they felt would, would um, you know, give them the ability to to really move forward and and it was absolutely the case for me um you know when i started my first job at a local bank um they took us straight out of school they hired groups of grads at a time and put us through um accelerated courses um, essentially leveraging what we learned in school and helping us to apply it to their landscape so that we could become um, pretty effective pretty quickly um, and needless to say, you know, having a COBOL background, having the ability to, to program in COBOL was, was definitely a must back then, and, and it still is today. Um, that's, that's one of the benefits of, of the mainframe. Um, but if you recall, back then, there was, um, you know, and I, and I can tell you this um, now, <laughs> that Y2K gone by, I was actually one of the developers who, who could have contributed to a Y2K problem, um, not, not accounting for a four-digit year in some, of, in some of my COBOL programs. Um, but I actually helped to resolve it on the other side of that as well. So I worked um, in IT uh, as a systems programmer through the Y2K challenge. Oh, wow. And that always strikes me uh, today when I see people writing things down with like a two-digit uh, year thing. I'm like, put four digits just in case, you know, we need to save the world 8,000 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly, they certainly, there certainly was a lot of investment around the possibility of what could go wrong um, with uh, Definitely. accounting for the, the, the full four digits of, of the year back then for sure. Coming from a, uh, a programmer background that you do, how, is thing, how do you see things going into this, um, the modern DevOps um, mechanism or, you know, uh, paradigm that we're going into today? You know, where, where programming used to be, you open up the data set, you make your edits, and then, like, physically move the file, maybe. And today there's, like, a, a whole development pipeline. You get all sorts of more people involved. Like, how do you see that changing today? Yeah, uh, it's interesting, you know, we have um, a whole wave of young engineers coming on board at Broadcom and the manner in which they approach their job is completely different than the manner in which I had approached my job when mm -hmm. I started, you know, decades ago. And it really is all about, um, you know, finding ways to do something automatically as opposed to manually. Um, they have access to a whole array of open source products and tooling that, you know, I did not have access to. When I, when I started um, my job in the financial industry, we had a specific set of approved tooling that we could use. And that was the only tooling we could use. Uh, and in fact, if you wanted to, excuse me, if you wanted to use something else, 
you had to have it approved through, you know, special uh, process and uh, procurement and what have you. Uh, today, mm -hmm. uh, engineers and developers have have the ability to access, like I said, anything in the open source world. And, and it's all about automating, um, you know, not so much the coding part of it, but um, testing and deployment and um, you know, promoting all the way up to production is, is very much an automated process. And it's very much a, you know, um, build it, build it according to what's most comfortable to you so that you can be most efficient and effective. So I think in a sense, the world, the IT world has turned itself more towards um, ensuring that developers and engineers are very comfortable and confident in their environment. And I've seen, um, you know, a lot of news lately about, you know, how Broadcom is getting involved with the, with the Zoe project. And that's obviously a big collaborative effort. Um, have you been personally involved with that at all? I have more recently. Um, I, I, I was not involved um, when Zoe was first introduced in August of, of 2018. Um, obviously, I was in, involved because I was a part of Broadcom and Broadcom is uh, one of the the main uh, primary contributors to um, several of the, the components associated with Zoe. Um, now I'm, I'm very proud and happy to say that, that I product manage the, the Zoe CLI um, oh. component. Um, but, um, you know, I have to say that, that when, when Zoe was announced um, and, and the announcement happened at one of the very large uh, mainframe conferences called SHARE, um, it, I was never more elated or, or more proud uh, to be a mainframer. Um, this is, in my opinion, very, a very historical uh, time for anyone in mainframe. Um, we're at this crossroads where, you know, we're, we're, we're turning over the reins of the mainframe to a new generation of mainframers, and at the same time, we're sort of changing the paradigm on, on how people perceive the mainframe because it's it's um, sort of been known as a very closed and and um, somewhat um, ambiguous um, platform. Mm -hmm. And now with Zoe, we're opening it up, and uh, essentially any any vendor, any person, anyone interested in in contributing to this framework can do so and can be a mainframer. Yeah. And, and what's, what's kind of interesting is that the, the people that are joining on as new mainframers right now, um, they literally, they have so many more options for how they're going to get, uh, what areas they're going to get into, um, what they're going to excel in, where they're going to make like the deep part of their, of their broad T experience. And they're going to be learning it in a way that's fundamentally different than previous generations have. And, and like you said, this, the collaboration model and the tools available are completely different. So this, it's, it's such an important time right now because this all has to work. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. And, and there's no reason why it wouldn't. And I think that's, that's really um, a fundamental benefit that, that Zoe brings to the mainframe world. Um, you know, in the past, as I said, um, many of us were restricted to using tools that were approved and, and um, you know, tools that were unique, if you will, to the platform. 
Zoe yes. changes that paradigm and, and opens it up and, and gives folks the ability to use tools that they're familiar with, tools that they're comfortable with, and, and bring it to the mainframe. Now, I've heard a lot of, um, a lot of people like to focus on like the GUI aspects of Zoe, but you mentioned um, that you're working on the CLI aspect of it. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, so command line interface, right? And um, mm -hmm. initially when, when we started um, introducing and, and um, interacting with customers to get, obtain their feedback on the command line interface, um, you know, traditional mainframers, folks that have been uh, working with mainframe for most of their lives would, would look at that with, and, and be somewhat confused over, you know, why would, why would a mainframe person want to go back to using what people refer to as like a DOS prompt when they're interacting with the mainframe, when we have, we have a, a UI that we've been using, you know, called ISPF for years. Right. And, um, you know, uh, from from that angle, it, it, it made sense. But what they weren't realizing and what they didn't understand is that the power behind a command line interface is the ability to utilize it in the form of scripts that can be translated into automation on any level, um, any level of interaction and activity within the mainframe. And as as right. became more and more aware of of that capability, um, the mindset started to shift. Yeah, especially if you if you go into a room full of programmers, you're going to see a bunch of monitors filled with a bunch of text, and and you know that's kind of the way that a lot of the you know mainframe programmers like it too. That's just the the easiest, fastest, most clear way of getting information. So, the idea of of being able to treat the mainframe platform as like an object oriented environment. Um, it, it it just it just makes sense, and the most compelling demos I've seen have been based around just those raw um, features and power that you get from that. So that's it's great to uh, to hear about that. Um, where do you see the mainframe? Is is you know there's a lot of people who think that like the mainframe is just has been static, and it's it's their fault for for not really paying attention. The mainframe is just constantly evolving and the, the big winners in the mainframe world are going to be the ones that identify and latch on to those areas where things are evolving the fastest. Um, what is your insight on like what people should be paying attention to right now to most, uh, to most accelerate their business and capabilities? Uh, well, you know, honestly, my feeling with mainframe for, for many years now has been that it sort of doesn't get, a lot of attention because it works and mm -hmm. the, the mainframe staff and, and the folks who support the mainframe um, are just um, super expert in their space and you know the mainframe sort of just hums along right so <laughs> there's no need yep. to give attention to something that that's working perfectly and doing the job that it's it's tasked to do um, but you know when I think about it and I think about you know what what would be you know in 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 my from my perspective you know the challenge associated with the mainframe isn't more about you know how best it can be leveraged or whether or not it's being leveraged or whether or not it's it's um you know maturing along with the rest of of it it absolutely is um, mm -hmm. the challenge i think is going to going to be more directed at 
whether or not and how organizations are going to support the actual transformation that has to happen culturally and, mm. and from a management perspective to continue to support it so that it, it continues to run sort of in the background seamlessly um, doing, its, doing the job that it's always done so well. It's, 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 uh, you're, you're echoing something that we just, uh, I just recorded a, a podcast prior to this. And that was something that came up as well as once you solve the technical problems then it's time to solve the cultural problems. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, um, for many, many years, I think a lot of mainframers felt that, um, the manner in which the mainframe was maintained and the manner in which, um, the way mainframe software had, had, um, uh, migrated its way from from test to, to deployment would mandate how all the other platforms behaved and mm-hmm. what's actually happening is just the opposite you know the the processes and the procedures that are associated with you know mobile cloud and distributed development essentially where DevOps was born uh, and continuous delivery was born those processes are actually the ones that are mandating and dictating how the mainframe should behave and, and how mainframe software should be delivered. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the tooling is one thing, um, people's, people's familiarity and skills that's, that's going to play in a big part as well. I, I kind of want to go back to Zoe just a little sure. bit. Um, because, you know, one of the big fears is, is that people will just, you know, at least I've heard this anyway, people are just going to learn uh, the Zoe way and they're not really going to know what's happening behind the scenes. In, in your work with the CLI team and, and Zoe in general, is, is that like a concern that you have? Not really, you know, um, because Zoe essentially is, is a framework on which, you know, all other things mainframe um, can be built in, in, and hopefully will be built. Um, right. You know, there are, there are pro- mainframe products that are out in the market that are running, doing the jobs that they do, whether they're, um, you know, uh, products that, that perform uh, software change management or products that perform, um, you know, debug, file manipulation, what have you, uh, UI. All Zoe's doing really is is changing the manner in which um, those types of activities are um, are performed, um, and right. they're you know they're it, it's it's allowing the um, the way I guess it's allowing the more modern developer the folks that have have experience in other platforms to manage and work with the mainframe um, in the same way. Yeah. And there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't want to shift gears again a little bit, but you know, you, you, you have an interesting um, pathway through, through your career. Um, Getting started in it um, as a woman. Mm I, I mean, I just have to ask, like, you know, how were, were there challenges there or how, how has your career kind of um, been influenced by uh, by that? You know, it's interesting. I, I never believed 
um, in, in singling myself out or anyone else on, on any level at all. And I never felt, um, uh, you know, one way or another that I had an advantage or a disadvantage um, as, as a woman. Um, I, I would, you know, if I were to give someone advice on, you know, mm -hmm. getting started in IT or any other uh, area that, that may be challenging from one aspect or another, um, I'd say, you know what, just, um, you know, if you have a passion for something, you know, I had a passion for technology. I didn't realize I, ha I would have a passion for technology until uh, I took my first programming course in college. Um, but, you know, if you have a, a passion for that and, you know, you're, you're interested in being part of a, an amazing transformation, you know, just, just stick with it. Um, seek out opportunities. In this case, I would say seek out mainframe opportunities um, and, um, you know, learn all you can about, about the, uh, the platform. Um, do the best you can and, and the opportunities will find you. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. It's absolutely a, a, a very interesting time. Um, I've, I've just seen the, 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 the change cycles from uh, on the Z side of things ramp up from, from years to months. And uh, you know, it's, it things go from, wouldn't it be cool if to this thing is ready to test to this is ready for customers in like such short amount of times now. Right. And it's a, uh, it's so exciting to be here right now, I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. And like I said, it's absolutely amazing to see that, you know, you know, people in general have, have become so accommodating to technology. And I guess it's because, you know, we live with technology every day in, in ways that we never thought possible, you know, having the power of, of so much in, in our, in our phones, for example, you know, the ability right. to, to travel anywhere and, and, and have GPS send us directions to where we need to go, you know, and I think, um, yeah, we, we, the, having, having that technology and having the ability to adjust to, you know, uh, an updated app, for example, every couple days right. has, has extended itself into, you know, the world of mainframe where, you know, that that world would not be able to accept a change um, more than you know once a year at one point in time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Is it, along those lines, is there anything that you're like really looking forward to uh, you know, on the mainframe or just IT IT in general? Yeah. You know, I'm really looking forward to um, enterprises as a whole. Um, marrying the worlds um, much more so than they do today. And again, I think, I think the whole point with Zoe is to uh, enable that in, in a way that was, was never possible before. Um, so when I say, you know, marry the worlds, meaning, you know, it is possible to accept that, that, uh, that change, that application change in the form of, of mobile or cloud very quickly you know, I see that happening in, in the mainframe space um, as well. And, and I think it's going to happen sooner than anyone can imagine. Um, provided, as I said, that, you know, culturally and, and managerially, we're, we're ready and willing and able to accept the, the changes that are coming down um, 
in support of, of technologies that would allow that to happen. Um, I think Zoe's a key player there. And I think, um, you know, uh, all of the, the, the supporting vendors are key players there. And, um, you know, I think the market's going to demand it. That's fantastic. And it, it's, it's good to hear that you're, you're fully behind Zoe and that you're, you know, leading the, the CLI efforts. I, I, I really can't wait to, uh, uh, to see what comes down the pipe from you guys. Us and, and the world, right? It's open. And everybody. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> We're all making history. We really are. Yeah. Um, Rose, I want to say thank you so much for uh, for joining us uh, on this podcast. I've I've had a whole lot of fun, and uh, I hope the listeners are uh, uh, enjoying my my tones, uh, me sitting in for Steve. <laughs> but um, I want to thank you again so much for being here. This has been great. Um, do any any uh, social media handles that we should uh, put out there for people to follow you or uh, contact you? Social social media. I am I am at LinkedIn under Rose Saycatch and Twitter at R.A. Saycatch. Great. Oh, uh, make sure you make sure you give her a follow. Um, but until next time, my name is Jeff Bisty, and you've been listening to the I Am a Mainframer podcast from the Open Mainframe Project. Please click and subscribe if you haven't already and tell your friends on social media platforms and we'll be with you again soon. I don't...